The budget, the budget, the budget. Yesterday, I heard State Senator Alberta Darling on Joint Finance say that she believed the budget was going to be completed by September 22nd. Uh, she also indicated that she believed the Foxconn bill would be done by uh, September 22nd. She also strongly indicated there would be no tax increases coming down the pike in order to support additional transportation spending. Matt Kittle, my pal, uh, from the MacGyver Institute, is here to report. Give us an update on what's going on there. It seems that that perhaps the wind and the sails of the people who wanted a gas tax increase has begun to wane a bit. Uh, yes, it would seem that way, but never underestimate the power of the wind here at the Capitol, okay? Lots of wind at the Capitol. And listen, sitting in an education, uh, the education portion of the Joint Finance Committee, all of that wind is very present. In fact, it feels gale force over here right now. What's going on with the education? The, the what's going on in joint finance regarding education? Because that was not that was not even addressed. Yeah, joint Until finance today. committee. Yeah, joint finance committee is taking up uh, education. There are three stools, uh, three legs of the stool left to go on this budget, and they're the biggies: education, transportation, and tax. Uh, they looks like uh, ed, or tax and um, and uh, well, it's an education today and transportation will be dealt with next week. But today is education. And so what we have so far is we have a Republican leadership plan and joint finance committee uh, that is a bit under what uh, Governor Scott Walker has proposed in terms of its increase, about a $639.3 million increase over base levels of spending. But then, of course, you have the Democrats, and that's where we get back into the wind. Uh, all kinds of, of wind in oration uh, coming out of uh, that corner of the room, and uh, all kinds of uh, spending proposals and plans See, for wait, education. Wait, hold, they, hold, hold, yeah. stop for one yeah. second. So $639 yeah. million more dollars. By the way, what's the reform that's attached to this $639 million more dollars? I, I'll get to that in a second. But $639 million, I, I can't even count that high, is too little for the Democrats? Apparently it is, because they're looking at spending scores of millions of dollars more. And along with that, they want to get real punitive, as you can well imagine, on school choice. And they want to make it so that, they're, you know, all the referenda that are out there, they want referenda to, make, to, to give to local uh, voters and taxpayers on whether they want to continue school choice in their districts. Yeah, there are all kinds of ideas coming out of the left that won't survive. Well, I got an idea day. then, then, you know, and I, and I don't think anybody's got the guts to say this. Fine. We'll have a referendum on whether or not we should close totally failing public schools that have zero accountability right now because Tony Evers has been sitting on any flexibility coming from the federal government and the Republicans in this state budget don't seem to be that interested in attaching the additional dollars to reform. So, all right. I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. I, I don't know if that will come up during this debate it won't. Joint Finance Committee right now, but I can tell you that there are all kinds of alternative ideas from the Democrats. Now, what we know about the Republican-led proposal is just tweaks around the edges, uh, as we know that this is a big, big funding priority for the governor and for Republicans. It certainly is uh, that much more for the Democrats, but you're talking about a lot of money in this area somewhere in the vicinity of 640 to 650 million dollars more 
in spending. So this is a huge infusion. And you have this, the, the same hyperbole and hypocrisy that's going on where you have the, the Democrats screaming that every year G- Governor Walker gleefully cuts the education budget. That's just simply not the case. The cuts came in 2011 because of the bad checkbook that he and, and the Republican leadership were handed from the, the previous generation of lawmakers and governor. And uh, it's been an increase every year. But this is a sizable increase. It certainly has been it's had a, a tough time getting a lot of support from, from real fiscal hawks yeah. in this legislation. We'll get to that in a second. I want to just go back to those 2011 cuts were actually also offset by the flexibility given to school districts under Act 10 if they wanted to embrace that flexibility to right. save dollars by renegotiating health insurance contracts and not giving away the farm to their teachers union compadres. So that, that I mean, that particular year, which was a, which was a tough budget year, but also those local school districts had the flexibility to find millions and millions of dollars in savings. Now to the fiscal hawks, because there doesn't appear to be any meaningful reform attached to this new new money that the Republicans want to set aside for education. What's the plan for schools that, that, that don't have kids reading and writing at grade level? What's the plan for an expansion of school choice up the income scale? What's the plan for those rural school districts that can't seem to get a break? Well, we are seeing some movement on that front. Remember now, the Joint Finance Committee oftentimes is an amalgamation of what uh, the Assembly wants and what uh, the uh, Senate wants, and that's really what you get. They keep some things the Senate had suggested. They keep other things that the Assembly suggested. One of those points of agreement, I think, is adjusting the income thresholds, what really is the level of poverty. And so you expand that to, I believe, somewhere in the vicinity of $54,000 for a family uh, to be able to enroll in statewide school choice. So that is a victory on, on that particular side. But this is a year where we didn't see too much gain for school choice, at least not yet, unless something happens in the, the last minute of this budget battle. No, but it is. It's, it would be important if you actually had the income scale shifted and school choice begin to move away from it being strictly a poverty program to one that actually just simply enhances Wisconsin's ability to give parents more choices. Um, is there any indication that the Joint Finance Committee is going to include that assembly language that would f- that would actually demand Tony Evers do something uh, in terms of failing public schools with the newfound authority under ESSA? Uh, no, but there are laptops for freshmen. Lap- <laughs> laptops for freshmen are going That's to be right. nine, funded nine in this point, budget. $9.2 million in year two. It is, this is the same as the Senate proposal, you'll recall. It increases high-cost transportation aid, investing in mental health, incentives for rural shared services, whole-grade sharing, uh, but based on my notes here, and that is subject to change because this is in flux, but I'm not seeing the kind of accountability measures that you and others have been calling. For. Yeah, I'm not hearing it coming from you either. Um, laptops for, ch- for, for freshmen, these are laptops that are going to be obsolete in a couple of years, or are we going to buy them all MacBook Pros? Yeah, we could be buying them Chromebooks, uh, perhaps from the uh, company. Which are yeah, crap. Has, no offense. They're crap. No, I've used I'm not, one. I'm not venturing in there, but I do know the company that makes them, that sells them, isn't isn't real friendly to conservative folks, as I understand it. 
truly, this is a Republican proposal for the laptops? Yes, it is. Because apparently, um, you know, desktop computers in the computer lab aren't enough, or the home computers that damn near everybody has isn't enough. I am just the bearer. I know of you are. I want to ask about. Bears. I want to ask about transportation. Um, was it last week or the week before? MacGyver Institute put out an outstanding piece that that um, looked at just top level waste without even really trying to dig that much. And you guys came up with almost two billion dollars. Um, and the reaction from the people at the state transportation department wasn't to say, "Why, thank you, MacGyver Institute, for coming up with that. We're going to look into that." <laughs> it was to say you were wrong, and this wasn't actually waste. So building a walk walking pathway right next to an existing walking pathway wasn't waste. Yeah, it wasn't just saying that we were wrong in their estimation. It was very vitriol. It was very, very much a, not, not just a criticism of how we approached, listen, how we approached this was, we looked at all kinds of big ticket projects and small ticket projects, the same kind of stuff that lawmakers can do, that the department should have been doing, and we said, listen, is this a priority? If, you're, if your main infrastructure is falling apart, is it a priority to put bike path A next to bike path B and to do a bike roundabout? And that million dollar adds up, as it does with all of these projects. That's what we looked into. And, of course, the guy who hasn't had too much to say because he had the bad audit, the guy who used to run the Department of Transportation, then had uh, plenty to say about our approach at looking at what seemingly is the priority of the state and these local governments. And I think a lot of taxpayers can look at roundabouts and what have you and say, these are... These are questionable priorities at best. These are, at, at the very least, something that you might want to consider luxuries. The otter exhibits, the at the yes. Milwaukee County Zoo, the bicycle roundabouts that are being built, not just in Madison, but elsewhere in Wisconsin. The constant replication of, of you know, the or, or uh, the constant implementation of roundabouts at any, you know, con- controlled four-way stop um, without any rhyme or reason to whether that makes sense or not. And so it doesn't look like we're getting anywhere, at least with the bureaucrats. That's probably going to take legislative oversight. So my question to you is that giant package that was rolled out of excellent ideas for DOT oversight just about two or three months ago. Where is where does that stand right now? Well, some of the ideas would be implemented in this transportation package, but some of them are just sitting there. Uh, you know, we, we have some some first level passage of some of the most important things that would help, and that is... A, first and foremost, making sure that we have a competitive bidding process where we don't have 200-plus, or is it 300-plus? It's, it's an ungodly amount of these projects, these, these multi-million-dollar projects that got one bid. That is a failure in the system that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. If they do, if they implement even just a few of these big-ticket audit ideas, uh, we're going to find some space for some projects and, and what are our real priorities for transportation in the state. I hope it happens because then we're going to find less of an argument for a gas tax increase in the future. Thanks for being on the program today, Matt Kittle. Always great to have you. MacIverInstitute.com is where you can find more on all of this. Thanks. Thanks, Vicki. We'll take a quick break and be right back.